Hello, everybody. My name is Brennan. You've got Gabe. And I'm Parker. And this is Shadow Valley. Play that shit, guys. Let's do this. This is Shadow Valley coming live from Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. Yes. Shadow Valley. We've got a doozy for you guys today. Um, we're going to be hitting something pretty heavy. The Hillside Stranglers. Commonly thought to be one single strangler, but it is actually two. And guess what? And they they were cousins. Related. <laughs> and they were roommates. <laughs> Bring that classic back. And they were roommates. And they were roommates. Um yeah. So these uh these two cousins ended up uh unfortunately they and these are the the murders that we know of. Um I think they probably have done other things, but the confirmed murders are 10 uh women mostly all um like prostitutes sex workers stuff like that girls that, uh, ages from 12 to 28 yes so and it was younger girls as well um but just it, crazy it's very sad obviously and we want to be we want to hit this because it is very again i think we hit this with every topic that we we talk about but it is important to know um but it's going to be more of like an upsetting episode. Yeah. If that uh deters anybody, I apologize, but we'll A try to keep it brief. Involved. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do our best to keep it brief. We're not going to go through much of the detail, obviously, because we don't uh we also don't really want to I do want to say something, it, I guess. Real quick. Um just going on about it. Fuck these two fucking pricks. Like, <laughs> let's get that out of the way first. Like our view on this is totally with the victims. These guys are terrible freaking people. Um, they deserve the worst things to happen to them in hell. And you know what? I'm going to go out and say it. The fact that they targeted women and raped women makes them bitches. Yep. Fuck them. They should go kill themselves. <laughs> well, they, they like, especially... Um, so there's two guys, Angelo Buono and Kenneth Bianchi, but especially Angelo Buono was like infamous for just treating women awful. Like he literally just referred to his mom as like the C word or like, like, I don't even want to say it. Cause I don't even, I drop F bombs. I don't even say that. Word. What's the dude. C word. <laughs> that word is foul. <laughs> okay. That word uh, is foul. It like makes me, I hate, saying that word really i i i've maybe said it maybe twice in my life i hate really that. i just it is foul dude it's i say so when i like road dude. rage i'll be like you dumb mother <laughs> like <laughs> like i'll say it when i'm i'm road raging on the road because it's like you know utah drivers we're notorious for being the bad like the worst drivers yeah. in the nation most utah people when they get behind a wheel they're uh Two brain cells are fighting for their effing life. We got our licenses from a cereal box. <laughs> <laughs> it's it true. was a prize from Lucky Charms. 
<laughs> it's true. I've never heard that before. That's awful. Yeah, though. we all flip the box upside down to get to the to our our uh, prize first. We open it from the bottom got, instead. Basically, I got mine out of a tootsie pop. Oh, did you really now? <laughs> yeah, the center of the tootsie pop. Nice, <laughs> nice. I remember when it fell out of my frosted flakes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a buddy buddy that just uh, turned in a bunch of uh, box tops for it. Nice. Now that's dedication. <laughs> he did the work. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's hop into this. So I'm just gonna hit on. Um, I guess I can I can hit on one or I can hit on two. But I'll I'll start out I'll start off here with uh, Kenneth um, Bianchi. And you, we were kind of uh, unsure how to pronounce his name. I was thinking Kenneth Bianchi, but it's probably a little bit better Kenneth Bianchi. Anyway, so Kenneth was born on May 22nd, 1951 in Rochester, New York. Um, his cousin, Angelo Buono, um, was born on October 5th, 1934 in Rochester, New York as well. Um, as you can tell, there's a, there's a pretty big age gap in them. It's about 20 years. Um, but both these guys, obviously they grew up and... Their mothers should have gotten an abortion. <laughs> Jeez. Well... Um, <laughs> So, I mean, Kenneth's real mom was a prostitute and she gave him up um, for adoption because she got pregnant, which like good on her, though, for not like yeah. she knew she wasn't going to be a good mother. Whoa. Yeah. Or just well, like didn't feel like she could provide or be yeah. there for her kid. Like, I won't I definitely won't falter for that. But I would guess that it probably irked him or caught like his whole life that may be some reason for why he acted the way he did and targeted women the way he did mm -hmm. so you uh, mean to tell me that instead she should have just swallowed i don't know because i don't i wasn't there i don't know what the sexual situation was <laughs> see but... that's the level-headedness we need right now yeah. just, i don't know i don't know <laughs> Uh, I wasn't there. I'm not aware, but I think that she did the best she could with what she had, in my opinion. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was it was totally great of her to take responsibility and realize like that she wasn't going to be able to provide for him, um, and gave him up for adoption, uh, or you know what? Even better if she hated the little fun. The little fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that would be okay too because you know what. He's a fucking bastard. <laughs> Actually, quite literally, he is. He lost his dad. So, yeah, he technically is a bastard. <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. So fuck the little bastard. I can say that, and it's actually correct. Fuck you, people who want to cancel me. Okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to cancel you over the word bastard. It's yeah. the other things. <laughs> it's the other things. Um... So, yeah, I think uh, just to hit on what Parker had mentioned, too, um, very commonly, like, serial killers have a lot of issues when they're young in terms of, like, family and home life, right? A lot of them end up being um, sexually, abu sexually abused, mentally abused, and physically abused when they're children. And that obviously always plays into – not sorry, I misspoke just then. It doesn't obviously – and not always, but most of the time, most serial killers, they have a very uh, rough um, or a very strong but very corrupted connection to their mother or father. Um, 
And that can be a very common issue or common occurrence within a lot of these very prominent serial killers, especially, especially like somebody like, uh, um, just one that comes to mind, um, was, uh, what's his name? Oh crap. I just, for, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, but yeah, so let me just continue on here. Both parents, obviously, like Parker just said, they were divorced. And then um, with Kenneth, they gave him up. Um, and pretty much through his entire young life, he was just kind of a shitty kid. He was always trying to rob. He was uh, just causing like, like, uh, like he was just a menace at all times, pretty much. And then he actually eventually ended up joining the U.S. Army um, because he thought it, he thought it would get him out of like some trouble he got into when he was a young, young dude. Did it work? No, it did not. <laughs> he, uh, he was discharged and still faced the, the consequences of his own actions as you would. Um, and then for Buono, he also engaged in a lot more criminal activity. Um, he was a lot more violent with his criminal activities, but he was involved in a bunch of scams. Um, mostly all, financial scams because he could not hold a job and he was kind of stupid. <laughs> um, he just kept, he kept like trying to start random businesses. Like he had a business for, um, for like an auto shop yeah. that just didn't hold. And then he tried to do, a um, what are those called? Like repo, uh, Oh, like a repo? No, not repo. Um, An MLM. <laughs> no, it's like a, it's like for, for, uh, seats. For car seats and upholstery. stuff. Upholstery. Yeah, that's what oh. it was, an upholstery um, business, and that also failed. Um, so he tried Wait, to... Wait, who? <clears throat> who was that, you said? That was Buono. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'm kind of just skimming by just because we want to get to the more bulk of the episode here. Um, so after all this kind of stuff happened, Buono met up with his cousin, and that's about when they started to uh, engage in these acts yeah. of murders and and kidnaps and stuff. Um, but, yeah, Brendan and Parker want to hit on these a little bit more, so I'll give them time. Right. So just talking about Bono um, and kind of some stuff that was going on there, like even when he was a young kid, uh, he showed signs of deviant behavior, particularly towards women. Um, he was kind of a peeping Tom and he was very, I think he was caught with like his mother's underwear at some point. Um, I did not see that. That is filthy. Yeah. I mean, just a lot of deviant behavior to wear, um, like he wasn't wearing it. Like let's clear that up. (laughs) He was just caught with it. (laughs) Like (laughs) no shame if like you like to wear women's underwear, but like. I don't want that to come off as that was he. That's what he was doing because there's no record of that. But mm-hmm. well, the issue is that it's his mom's. I think here it's nothing to do with that. It's even women's necessarily. It's just kind of like not. I don't know that that's really the norm, you know, for young kids. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but yeah, so his childhood was marked by a lot of abuse, like we were talking about, and. Um, kind of because of, I think this is, we can get into the nature versus nurture argument about this, but I think due to a combination of 
the abuse and just kind of how he was already like genetically that it caused him to have these this deviant behavior and you know habits are learned they're not necessarily like just there if you know what i mean and so somewhere along the way he developed the habits to be a pervert and you know de quote unquote deviant against women uh, and he didn't have someone there or he wasn't taking enough control to be reprimanded or to break that habit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, a lot of these serial killers, it comes down to control, like you're saying. Um, <clears throat> and especially, I think, um, when there's issues with your mom, a lot of times it comes out in the way you treat other women, whether it's... Um, a serial killer or just normal people but you know Kenneth Bianchi I think he always held it against his mom for giving him up for adoption and that's something he didn't have control over in his life so it makes sense why he'd want to exert control over other women and then um, Angelo Buono I'm not sure what you know his mom did to him well actually so I remember in my research that supposedly his mom would um like have sex with men for favors from them um mm. as, according to him there's not actually any uh fact on that but like for example a repairman comes to the house well they didn't have any money so instead of paying him or to get a deal she would perform sexual acts which is a whole nother thing but but the big issue is he claimed that she would actually bring him with her um and he'd like wait outside the door or, or the car or wherever it was which can be and like whether that's horrible what that that just is horrible for a child you know like having to yeah. experience that that's horrible yeah so i mean whether that's true or not we actually don't know but that's what he claims um personally and and his mother denies it i guess but um yeah he, you know but uh well these perverts will say literally anything to try and make themselves look good. Like remember Arthur Gary Bishop who yeah. did the whole like speech at the end where he's reading from the letter and he was like, well, you know, I'm only this way because of pornography. Mm-hmm. Pornography was the only reason why I did this. If it wasn't for that and we need to really lead the campaign against pornography because this is why I did what I did. Like if you know what I'm doing a voice totally wrong. If it wasn't for pornography i wouldn't have done it oh my god <laughs> i don't know what i know you just start breathing and chuckling just like that i just try and like imagine what a pervert uh, might do that was like my goal there just heavy breathing like pedophile bigfoot just that is so horrible it is pretty bad, but like that's where I was trying to go with that. Just, mm. But you know what? Like these pieces of shit, like they get caught and they they try and make excuses for why they did stuff because they're narcissists. And I don't know. Have you guys? I, I'm sure I've told you the narcissist prayer before, um, but yeah. if not, it's and just for anybody else who might have not heard it. But this is what narcissists will say. Um, it didn't happen, and if it did, it wasn't my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if I did, then you deserved it. 
And, you know, it's, it's what these psychopaths do. They'll claim, no, it didn't happen. And if you could prove it, it wasn't my fault. It was this reason. And if it was my fault, I didn't mean it. It was an accident. Yeah, they're almost just like gaslighting everyone. And if I did, they deserved it. Like, oh, my God, you have no idea how much they deserved it. Like, no, none of that's valid at all. Like, you know what I mean? They're they're complete narcissists, and they come up with these things because they want to try and make themselves look good or not actually take responsibility for what they've done. Um, and Arthur Gary Bishop did just that too, because he was like, Oh look, pornography was the thing. I only did it because of pornography. Um, it's not my fault. And you know, these guys too, this, uh, um, is this, this was Bianchi, right? Um, well, it was no. This the the one that had his mom. That's Bono. Had, like perform favors or whatever. Um, that was Bono. Yeah. And so, who's to say Bono isn't here just saying like, "Oh, this is why it happened." Blah blah blah. You know, we didn't really mean it. And then, but he denies it too. Like he denies it, and I think he's still alive, and he still denies it to this day, or something like that. No, well, Bono's dead. They both pretty well admitted, I think, especially Bianchi, but um, they pretty much came clean, I think. Well, I, I don't think so because I, I read that Bono maintained his innocence, claiming Bianchi was solely responsible for the, mo- the oh, really? murders. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. That's that's uh, interesting because because Bianchi like pretty much spilled his guts like when they'd interview him and, like he'd he talk about pretty much everything except for he got weird when they started talking about the younger kids yeah he was didn't really want to talk about it that much right and I don't know he came clean but he blamed it all on Bianchi that was his whole thing Buono was like it's all Bianchi's fault um, and then testified him that way which you know. If you want, like, a conviction, what's better than that? Because also, too, like, Bianchi um, and Bono, like, they both had different trials. Like, they weren't on the same, like, tried together. You know what I mean? And so in uh, Bono's defense, he could have just not admitted, like, anything at all during his trial. I don't know if he pleaded guilty. Now, that's that's something else. Most narcissists actually don't plead guilty because they think they can get away with it. Um, actually, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I was on that jury earlier this year, um, the guy, like, the minute you got, he got up on the stand, you could tell, like, he was a narcissist and some of the things he was doing just wasn't there. And he would proclaim till the day he died that he was innocent, but the facts and the evidence showed otherwise. Hmm. which is why we had to pursue a conviction. And it's, you know, it's just this idea that, oh, nothing can happen to me. I'm invincible. Uh, I'm I'm this great person. And so people are going to believe me. You know what I mean? You yeah. guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you. Um, yeah, so, I, sorry, I'm, I, uh, where do we last leave off before this? before this yeah um we were talking we're about, talking about nature like, versus nurture in a way how oh, they right, deny right, right. it mm-hmm. like uh, arthur bishop did the whole pornography thing right and so kind of just to give a little bit more background on um bono and, and his hatred for women i guess um 
so initially, like it was stated before, his parents did divorce. And after that, that was really when he started to feel like, uh, kind of just like a distaste or like a, a hatred toward female characters. Um, he, um, eventually around 14 started to describe his mom as, uh, like a, a whore pretty much. Um, <clears throat> and he started telling his friends and stuff. He would like brag. He would brag that he was like, uh, a woman hater and that he treated them badly and he would like rape women when he was 14. Wow. That yeah. is pretty stupid. Like 14 year olds, like I get it. They can be stupid, but like that's a new level of stupid and despicable. Like, and back in the day, like teachers could beat the shit out of kids. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't understand how this kid just didn't get like humbled by a teacher. Oh yeah, like little Sally on the playground probably heard he hates women and it was like, Miss Jane, freaking um, boner hates women, and you know teacher is probably just like, if I was the teacher I'd be like, get his ass in here now. I'm pulling out the paddle. We're gonna beat the fuck out of this little one. Well, the, you don't want to respect women. Oh, let me teach you with the board of education. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is that he was like such a, a menace, like I was saying earlier, that he couldn't stay in any school because he would just break into stuff. He would just rob people. It's because you didn't beat the fuck out of him hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he eventually went over to a, like a youth facility, which then he also escaped from there. Um, but like, so he never was able to stay in a uh, an actual like place until it came to um, Paso Robles School. That's where he started to idolize like rapists and and, and uh, womanizers and stuff like that. And he would tell people. Right. He would tell people that his like, his uh, uh, role models yeah. were like rapists. Really? Yes. You know, just going on with the fact that he'd run away from schools and get into stuff and going back to the beating, <laughs> you can't run away if you can't walk. Jeez, did you break his legs? What are you, what are you implying? <laughs> Take as you want with that. But I'm just saying, a lot of their problems could be taken care of if he just wasn't walking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what the How do you think he'd run away in a wheelchair? <laughs> he'd oh, like he, a pothole and like his life He might be, be faster. In a wheelchair? Yeah, yeah. I bet he'd be faster. Well, if his mom's really a whore, then like... But what if his arms are yoked? Nah, dude. He's a 14-year-old. I guess. He actually... Um, and he's a bitch. He, like... I Like, he... So he's quite the ladies' man, like, even at that age. But he was abusive. Um, which is kind of weird, because he's, like, a jerk to women. Yeah. But, you know, that's a thing. That's a whole thing. But um, he would, like, brag... Or he'd, like, talk to his friends, too, and be like, Oh, man, like... I just would like to rape someone someday. Like that just sounds awesome. And they're like, "What the heck? Like you're 14? <laughs> like, yeah, we're dude. talking about like Yu-Gi-Oh cards." And he's like, "I just kind of want to rape someone." That's a, like, so. but if you think like, put yourself in that situation. You're a 14 year old kid. You're what is what grade is that? Like eighth grade, ninth grade, eighth grade, eighth or ninth, yeah. And your friend is telling you he idolizes rapists. And he he hates women that he wants to rape somebody. It's what do you do at that point? I just like what the f like I'm gonna report you, bro. Like, what the heck? 
Exactly. Your According guidance to the counselor board doesn't education. get paid enough. Oh yeah, my god. <laughs> That's how I feel whenever I go to McDonald's and I see somebody take like extra ketchup packets and the McDonald's workers just kind of stare at him and they're just like, I don't get paid enough to tell this person no. Dude, I take extra ketchup packets all the time. I have a whole I have a whole jar in my house of Taco Bell sauces. Oh, I believe you. Taco yeah, Bell's like my different. grandma has okay. them in the fridge. <laughs> I tell them, give me all the sauce you can without getting in trouble. Because obviously I don't want them to get in trouble, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I no. prefer them to get in trouble. Literally, you can take as many. If you go inside, they just have them laying out there. And, like, you're supposed to not take that many or take any home, like, ideally. But everybody does it. Like, I see people all the time, like, they're done with their meal, but they bring the Taco Bell bag over, and they're just, like, dumping the sauce in the bag. Maybe that's a West Valley thing. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Have you seen people dump, like, the sauces in their bags and just take it home? I do. I mean, I do that. I am them. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Just that making sure me. we're on the same page. That is me. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, you said you asked. Like, these people are inside just, like, stealing. Not stealing because they left it out. Well, but you know what I mean. Like, you leave a candy bowl out for the trick-or-treaters. You don't expect one trick-or-treater to take the whole bowl. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. So, yeah, back to, uh, let's hop back into this. So, uh, Biono, so his first marriage was at age 20. Yeah. He, uh, he got, he got this girl pregnant and, uh, they ended up marrying at 17 years old or she was 17 years old and he was 20 when they got married. Um, their son was born in Jan- January 10th, 1956. I think that's when my dad was born. No way. Not on the same, like not in January, but I think the same year. Oh, wow. Um, during this time he was actually in jail for another car theft. <laughs> really? Yeah. He missed um, the birth even. He was yeah, yeah he wasn't so, even close to around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was in jail during that time and so eventually um she ended up divorcing him as you would pretty pretty close to after the their son was married. Um and then he ended up marrying again a second time to marry. Um that lasted only about 5 years. And uh, they had six, or sorry, there was a sixth child that was born, and he also at that time beat, sodomized, and raped um, his wife in front of all the children. Oh yeah, I read about that. Where like, I that can't this. I think it was this lady that like yeah, so he was like they called her <laughs> Candy because she was. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. So she like he wanted sex basically and she refused him and he was like, I'll show you. And so he like took her out in the front room in front of all of their kids and like raped her in front of their whole family, which is like sounds like the greatest family home evening ever. But yeah, it was it's just crazy to think of a guy like just like None of our parents are perfect, okay? I still can't imagine any of them doing anything like that. Yeah. Like, that's it's insane. horrible. It's disgusting. Yeah, I don't yeah. see that being anything actually, like, real. You know what I mean? Like, a normal parent. Yeah. Like, only piece of shit parents would do something like that. Yeah, I mean, this guy's not normal by any means, too. No. And we'll we'll come yeah. to, you guys, we'll come to, like, um, 
I guess, flesh that out a little bit more as we uh, discuss. But after this, um, Candy obviously divorced him as well. And then uh, Buono met Nanette. Nanette. I I apologize if I butchered that name. Um, But her and her two kids moved in with him. And he also started to beat, rape her as well. And then uh, Buono actually started to rape her 14-year-old daughter. Um, Mm. Nanette's 14-year-old daughter. Um, So he's a pretty disgusting person. Um, After around this time was when he started that upholstery, upholstery business. And I wanted to bring that up earlier because it plays a pretty big role in their actions come down the line with him and his cousin. Um, and we can discuss this further as we go on, but they use the shop as kind of their hub of like luring women in. And that's kind of where they do their whole ordeal yeah. is in this shop. Um, so it'll come up quite often. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy, man. I just like hearing about this, reading it and stuff. I'm like, I can't even believe people like this have existed and that they can like feel okay doing stuff like this to like other human beings. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, it is pretty insane. I, uh, it's interesting that, that how, however bad Bono was up until this point, like, well, I guess we are lucky that it was up until this point that he, he like didn't involve himself yet in murdering, um, people. It was mainly just raping and it was those that were close to him because again, it was, it was almost that dominant, you know, that dominance of being able to, I guess, like push your will onto those people that can't really do or can't defend themselves, you know? And it's like a control issue. Right. And and it's the same thing that we've been discussing with uh, these past people and like somebody that we discussed quite a bit on, um, was uh, Jeffrey Epstein with his his like with the ch- children? You know that was a very big thing where we we all kind of came to the same conclusion that it was more of a a dominance thing. You know, you you try and take this innocence, and again, it was it was the same with Bono on top of his hate hatred yeah. for women. Um, but yeah, we can uh, let's dive into yeah. a little bit more here because you know. At this point in time, we've kind of dug into a little bit more of like their early life and growing up and kind Mm -hmm. of uh, already showing signs of, you know, being little shits. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now this is where we get into some bigger stuff. What happened was um, uh, Bianchi, he ended up moving to Los Angeles in 1975. And this began to mark the beginning of the infamous period with Buono. Um, and actually just to hit on this, uh, what they would do to kind of start getting into the murders and doing this and how they were like actually performing them is they would both pose as police officers to lure wait, their wait, victim. Wait, wait, What? Let's, there's some kind of some important things that like kind of happened before this. If you don't mind, I can touch on it real quick. You said quick go i'm just kidding <laughs> okay well it's quick so basically they were both into like um getting call girls for like like they call girls there the prostitutes whatever sex workers and they would have sex with them and then not only would they have sex with them which is you know illegal um for that to do that but they would um 
both have sex with these sex workers and then they would just not pay them and then just like flash their badges as police officers and say, if you don't want to get arrested, just get out of here. And so they did that for a while. And then they eventually um, actually kidnapped two girls that were call girls and decided they were going to like hold them prisoner and pimp them out to other people and, and like take all their, take all the money from it. And so they did that before all the murders and like, it's like, you can see them progressively getting worse and worse. Cause it's like, okay, you know, car theft and then raping, you know, your wife and stuff. And then, you know, pimping out these girls and holding them as prisoner. And then, and then it like gets into the murders, but both, of, both of the girls eventually, um, do escape, um, because one of these girls, um, goes to a guy and and he like she just he ends up instead of like having sex with her she just like spills his gut her guts to him and he's like oh my gosh and it's actually can't remember who it was but it was a guy who was like pretty prominent in hollywood at the time and uh he's like oh okay this isn't right like you're literally a sex slave and so he um flew her back to her family in arizona like that night and then um the other girl was like oh she got away so I must be able to get away because they would like threaten them. And the reason they wouldn't run away is because they would BS these girls and say, um, we've got mafia connections. And if you don't do what we say, even if you run away, we'll find you and we'll kill you. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of why they wouldn't try and run away is because they would just like BS their way around everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like instill fear in these girls. So anyways, so that happened. And then after that is kind of when you get into like their first victims and stuff. Yeah, and, and then uh, I'll just uh, I'll just go over their victim list here really quick. And I uh, again, I apologize if I don't pronounce these names correctly. Um, so their first victim was Yolanda Washington, and uh, she was part of the. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, Parker, but I believe she was part of that uh, the two pair that they were trying to uh, like kidnap. Yeah, well. I'm sorry. I'm a little blurry. I can't remember the details exactly. Um, I think she she was definitely involved in that. I think it was okay. So I think um, Yolanda. So the the girl that got away second that wasn't from Arizona that like she just got away after the other guy, girl got away. So she was friends with Yolanda, and so they couldn't. They knew they couldn't kill the girl um, that they were pimping out because Mm -hmm. people knew them and knew her as like, they knew that those two were pimping her out. So if she wound up dead, they'd be the first suspect. And so to teach her a lesson, they couldn't kill her. So they killed her best friend instead. So that was Yolanda Washington was the girls they were pimping out. It was her best friend. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I do remember now. Um, Okay. So it was Yolanda Washington, Judy Miller, Lisa Castine, Jane King, Dolores Sapita, Sonja Johnson, Christina Weckler, Lauren Wagner, Kimberly Martin, Cindy Lee Hudspeth. So those are the the names of the, um, unfortunately, the, the the woman that came to to the hands of these two guys. Um, 
and uh, Yolanda Washington was the first one. She was a prostitute that they tried to pick up, or they they did pick up, and this was on October seventeenth, nineteen seventy seven. <clears throat> she uh, she was kidnapped by Bianchi and Buono, and they threw her in the back of the car, or in the back seat of the vehicle, and they tied her up and um, abused her there, and um, they uh, dumped her body near a cemetery, and uh, her body was actually. Um, it was uh, discovered by uh, the police the following morning, actually. Um, and they did do an examination. They found semen in her uh, va- in her vagina and her uh, rectum as well. Um, so, but the hard thing with this, obviously, with with murders like these, a lot of the time, unfortunately, it's a lot of um, like prostitutes. Um, um, so, sorry. So common thing with prostitutes or murders that were, um, involving prostitutes, prostitutes or any sex workers, um, a lot of the time, unfortunately, um, police didn't really look too closely at these because they were sex workers, because they were prostitutes. They just, uh, kind of chalked it up to, well, that's just kind of like, like an occupational hazard essentially yeah. which is super sad because a lot of these victims um and that's mainly why a lot sorry i keep jumping around but a lot of these victims unfortunately never really were looked at much deeper than that you know they found this dead body it was obviously presented in a very horrifying way like it was uh and that's another thing with serial killers they want to give the most shock factor and so they present the bodies in this really horrible way but that's a common thing with with a lot of serial killers and murderers is that they go over the back then in the day they would go after these prostitutes and these um sex workers because they knew that people wouldn't look too deeply at them um which is very sad uh a lot of these women didn't get the justice they deserved at the time obviously now it's much different but yeah just wanted to hit on that because that's very important detail that i think uh some people forget to think about yeah, definitely for sure. Um, so after uh, the murder of Yolanda Washington, we have the murder of Ju- Judy Miller. Judy Miller, who was 15 years old, Judy Miller was a teenager with her whole life ahead of her. Was found on October 31st, 1977. She was discovered in a residential area of Los Angeles, lying on a grassy slope. So um, this is probably the only murder that we're really going to go into heavy detail on, uh, just because. A lot of the murders that the cousins did, the strangle, stranglers did, um, they kind of followed the same exact steps. Not the same exact steps. Obviously, there's variations and stuff. Park can talk more about that in a minute. Um, but, yeah, so just uh, heads up. This is kind of rough. Um, I'll kind of skim through the details. But So Judy uh, was actually a sex worker as well. Um, she was, she left her family because they were just kind of poor and she felt like, well, I can get it. I can do better on my own. Um, isn't it sad? She was just 15 and she was a sex worker. Yeah, man. And that's a, that's the sad thing is that again, a 15 year old sex, sex worker, mind you, she is 15, but the cops are going to see this and say, well, just sex workers, you know? Yeah. Which is just sad. Um, but like with everybody else, 
they uh, would flash their fake police badges and then claim that they were under arrest because they were sex workers. Um, <clears throat> so they um, they got Judy, put her in the back of the car, and they stuffed a rag into her mouth, handcuffed her, and taped foam pads over her eyes. Um, again, this is all from the... So the foam pads and then all the wires and the stuff like that is all from the upholstery shop uh, that Angelo um, owned. But uh, so they took her to they they took her to Angelo's house. They undressed her and then they began to rape her. First, Angelo took his turn, and then after Ken immediately hopped on and started to rape her as well. Um, after this one thing with that too they would like this is so jacked up they'd like flip a coin to see who got to go first yeah and that in that so and it starts to become more their actions and stuff start to become a lot more heinous and just disgusting as their murders go on obviously a lot of, like we stated this earlier but earlier but um they were like freak sex workers out by flashing their badges, but they wouldn't get to the point of murdering like Parker stated until these, uh, first, um, Yolanda Washington. And it was almost like they were, they were just testing the waters, testing the waters. And then when they got to a point where they were like, Oh, this isn't kind of giving me that, that high anymore or whatever. They went to the next thing and the next thing. And, and again, we'll, we'll go a little bit more into detail on that. Um, but they tied her down and Angelo put a bag over Judy's head and they put a cord around it and pulled it tighter until she died. Uh, they completely ripped off all of her clothes and they took her to um, a location that Angelo had decided and spread her legs open um, just so she could be seen like that, completely sodomized and, and uh, taken advantage of. Um, again, this girl's 15 years old and it just gets worse. There's, um, and we won't go into much detail into these two, but the two youngest girls that they, that they raped and killed were 12 and 14. But, um, yeah, so again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go too much more into what happened to these other women. Um, there are some other details, small changes and stuff, um, that we can, we'll hit on here in a minute, but that was, uh, Judy Miller, 15 years old, October 31st, she was found. 1977. Next, we have Lisa That's Cassidy. So crazy. Yep. Sorry, go ahead, Brennan. <laughs> next, we have, next, we have Lisa Caston, 21 years old. Lisa was a young waitress and dancer who was dedicated to her job and beloved to those who knew her. Found on November 6, 1977, Lisa's life was brutally ended. She was discovered in the hills near Dodgers Stadium. So um, <clears throat> this one's pretty messed up as well. Obviously, they they did all the same stuff, but in this one, interestingly, Angelo said that he was not attracted to her, so he just passed her off to Ken. And Ken eventually, um, again, they they kind of like make it worse and worse eh, every time they they murder somebody. But Ken got a beer bottle and began to abuse her and rape her with this beer bottle, which like so. What's super jacked up about it is, like, okay, there's these monsters. These guys are like monsters, like just pigs of people, right? Mm -hmm. Pieces and, of shit. And um, the reason that they, like, had this 
like they weren't attracted to this woman was because um she had like she just hadn't shaved her legs like her legs it's like who cares about that you know and like if you look up pictures of this girl like she was beautiful like there's no reason that she you know wasn't good enough for these pigs you know what i mean and so it just it makes me mad because it's like for this girl to not even be good enough for you to rape her is just like such a monstrosity like such a um a discredit to her but um you know i'd like to i guess say like just on on her behalf that she was super awesome she's actually part of like a band um they would perform at like um i'm pretty sure they performed at the playboy mansion and stuff like that like mm-hmm. um super cool free spirit like um just awesome girl super beautiful and and yeah she wanted to be um a dancer and and that's kind of why she was there in la was to try and like make it big time and and stuff like that but um but yeah she um also is one of the few that actually kind of when they flashed her their badge at her she was like i'm not doing anything wrong like Mm -hmm. no you're not taking me and uh so you know props to her she kind of tried to like fight back and and was definitely um you know her own person and stuck up for herself but ultimately the way they got her to to come in was um uh, they said that they just had to question her because there's some robberies and someone had a similar car as her and so um anyway so she finally agreed that to go down for questioning and then when they headed towards Angelo's house, they were like, um, uh, this, you know, she's like, we're not headed to the police station with the heck. And they're like, well, this is a satellite police station. And, uh, you know, it's cause we're undercover for this case or whatever, like, mm-hmm. and, and then, um, anyways, and then when they got there, of course they did what they did, but I just want to say, you know, to all the victims, but especially to her, like, you know props for doing you and and um sounds like with her personality she probably would have made it pretty big you know Mm -hmm. it didn't seem like she was one to take no for an answer so um but yeah super super bummer like it's heavy stuff but also um i think to really pay respect to the victims and not to the murderers like some of that stuff has to be mentioned you know Yeah, yeah definitely um this is uh so unfortunately lisa was actually like when they really started to um i guess indulge the other monstrosities of like torture um because he uh, angelo wasn't uh, attracted to her he started to torture her in different ways um this is when they started to they tied the cord around her neck and they would slowly tighten and loosen uh, to let little bits of oxygen come in so she could, uh, or so she would see and still know all this horrible stuff that was going on. Um, eventually, obviously, they killed her and she was found again the very next day. Next, we have Jane King, 28 years old. Jane was an inspiring act, an aspiring actress who had moved to Los Angeles with dreams of making a successful career in the entertainment industry. Her body was found November 10th, 1977, near a freeway ramp. Um, Again, these are, so she, uh, 
also uh, all of these, I know I keep saying this to sound like a broken record, but they progressively get worse and worse. Um, but they all have about the same idea. They convince these people, um, that they're being arrested. In this case, they just drove up to her and said, Hey, do you need a life ride or uh, do you need a ride home? Um, so they went over to pick her up. They actually drove to Angela's house, obviously. And then, uh, proceeded to murder her at that point as well. Next, we have Dolores Cepeda, who is 12, and Sonia Johnson, who is 14. Dolores and Sonia, two young friends, were last seen alive on November 13, 1977, taking a bus to a shopping mall. Their bodies were found together on a hillside on November 20, 1977. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't... Uh, again, this one just kind of... It's just sad. I think all of these are very, very sad, but these are the two young girls um, that were murdered, 12 and 14. Uh, they were actually found by another young kid. He was nine years old. He found him. It's super sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember reading that he actually thought that they were just mannequins, mm -hmm. um, you know, because he's nine years old. He obviously wouldn't expect to see um dead bodies and so he went over there and um that's how he discovered them was thinking that they were mannequins um and he was kind of like what the heck and and uh yeah i think his older brother ended up calling the cops and they came and looked at it mm -hmm. it's crazy it's all crazy and you know at the end uh after we cover all the victims there's just something i want to say just because it's true and it's it just shows the type of people these they really are and oh my god <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there and then i can like release my wrath <laughs> my wrath will come unto them like it comes on to dick cheney oh my goodness <laughs> you know what hey we got it plugged in we're good to go we're set now <laughs> um so yeah that, so the murder the murders of the two girls were actually one of the um first things that set off the media um then people started kind of looking into it. Obviously, unfortunately, uh, for Yolanda and um, uh, Judy, they were they weren't looked at very much because they were prostitutes. But um, they did start to look into the two murders of um, of. Uh, sorry, I just spaced their names. <clears throat> Dolores, Dolores and, Sonia. and Sonia. Yeah, I apologize. But after this, they started to look into it, and the uh, name Hillside Strangler was, or came to fruition, actually, and that's what people started to know them by, was because they kept finding these women on just kind of the side of the road, essentially. The, yeah. So. Next, we have Christina Weckler, who is 20 years old. Um, she was a quiet and studious college student, was known for her artistic talents and kind nature, found on November 20th, 1977. Christina's body was located on a hillside in Glendale. Um, so this is probably one of the worst ones, in my opinion. Uh, this one was almost because of spite from Ken. So he actually tried to um, like ask her out on a date, and she rejected him. So she eventually moved into the same building and, uh, or sorry, not she, he moved into the same building and that's when they abducted her, took her to Angelo's house and they raped and sodomized her there as well. Um, and then 
this part is kind of a little bit uh, intense, and I know Parker wanted to say something about this on Christina um, Weckler. So, yeah, so they ended up um, – well, the way they got her out to her car, because, like, she did not like Ken. Like, she was like, you're a creep, and that's why she obviously said no to going on a date with him. And so what they ended up doing was they said, hey – um someone hit your car and he's like and um good news i'm like on the lapd reserve so i can help you with this and get you a good insurance payout and stuff like that so like why don't you come take a look at it and we'll fill out some paperwork and um so anyway so as soon as like she got out there and then angelo and and kenneth um attacked her and put her through in the car and like yeah they're super brutal because he was so pissed off that she had said no to him, which is like, I mean, the audacity, someone said no to a freak like him, you know, I know. it's just ridiculous. I mean, that just goes um, to play how much of a narcissist he really was. Just how monstrous they are. Yeah. And then, um, so anyway, so, um, yeah, they bound her like normal, but, um, they were trying to be ex- extremely brutal. So they ended up, um, Angelo grabbed, a needle um, that he'd used for drugs and he ended up, he put Windex in it um, and injected her in her neck and in her arm um, and thinking it would kill her and it didn't end up killing her, but it put her, sent her into convulsions. And after a while she still wouldn't die. So they ended up putting the bag around her head with a cord like normal, but then they also had a gas pipe that was sticking out like to hook a gas oven to um, but there's no oven there. So they just put the pipe in the bag and they would put gas in there and suffocate her as well. And I, uh, this is one of the most brutal ones. It probably took one of the longest to die. Um, and probably the longest time, you know, in pain, pain between the, you know, the Windex and the, mm-hmm. the gas and mm-hmm. stuff like that and, and everything. So yeah, it was pretty brutal, but it's, also just ridiculous that the whole reason that they were so awful to her was just because she was actually a human being with some sense sense enough to say no to going on a date with him and it still didn't matter Uh, yeah it's just disgusting i um the other thing too is when when the police found her body uh they saw heavy bruising like fingerprints fingers on her breasts and um a significant amount of rectal bleeding um, unfortunately though, because they did see the needle like holes in her arms, they thought that she was just a drug addict. And so they didn't actually do too much, um, investigation on this, which is, I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the time, uh, the police work kind of fails a lot of these people and a lot of these victims. Um, and they, they really, really did this woman a disservice. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, I didn't know that. That's rough. Um, but there were, uh, there was two guys, and I'm sure you guys know their names. I can't remember, but they were pretty, like, they were kind of detectives that were kind of made famous after this case because they were calling it um, serial killings from, like, the like the second murder. They were like, oh, we've got a serial killer on our hands. But the rest of the police force kind of, like, didn't see it. And But anyways, um so props to those two guys because everyone else couldn't see it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's so disgusting 
what these two did. And uh, I get even more infuriated a little bit more. And you'll you'll know more. But our next victim is Laura Wagner. Lauren was a young woman with a vibrant life ahead of her. Living in the San Francisco Valley, she was found on November 29th, 1977, after being abducted right near her home. Um, so this one actually is pretty uh, pretty sad as well, just because... So this one was, this one was witnessed. The whole entire um, uh, kidnapping was witnessed by one of the neighbors, and they just chalked it up to, oh, it's just like a frustration with the, with the girlfriend or something like that. Like, it's just ridiculous. They stopped her and said, we're making an arrest. But she said, no, I don't want to come with you guys. So they picked her up, threw her in the car. The neighbors saw this all happen. All of it. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's- in uh, in defense of the neighbor, um, I guess supposedly that what the neighbor said like to the cops when because they were like well why didn't you report it you know and she was like i feel so bad and i'm so embarrassed but um she said that she herself had been um raped when she was younger and watching them like throw her in the car and everything like like i guess it just like sent her into panic like she Mm -hmm. felt like she was reliving it right then and she's like i'm so ashamed but i just feel like I felt like I was just frozen. I couldn't move or do anything because she was like reliving it. Hmm. And uh, well, you know, I apologize. Not that it's I actually necessarily an excuse at all, but like yeah. she's like, I feel so bad. Like I'm sure she's dead now, but she, she like couldn't say enough how bad she felt to the cops when they like talked to her about it. Yeah, actually, I take I apologize for what I said. I actually did not know that. Um, I apologize. I misspoke there. But um, to continue on here. Uh, this one was, again, they kind of just started to experiment with more and more heavy um, torturing. They raped her, and they they actually wrapped barbed wire around her hands, and they um, electrified that wire and gave her shocks. Um, she was also, again, like Brennan said, she was uh, dumped and found on November 29th, or tw- uh, November 30th. It was, or, sorry. Would that be December 1st? It was November 29th. They did find her November 20th. Oh, yes. Yeah, found November 29th. So our next victim is Kimberly Martin, 17 years old. Kimberly was a young woman who had recently moved to Los Angeles and was trying to make a living. Her body was found on December 14th, 1977 in an empty lot. Um, again, these ones, uh, she also had to go through the same fate as the rest of these women, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate, just each of these victims. And, you know, I hate that it keeps getting worse and worse because it's not fair. It's not fair at all to these women. And it's it's disgusting. But I, I think another thing, too, to, to remind everybody is that all of these um, murders, this all happened within a span of, I believe, five months or four months. It went from from uh, November to February of the following year. So all of this happened very quick and sudden. And these murders are like extremely horrifying, um, which is very, uh, how do I, like, I'm sorry. I'm trying to like word this as, 
but it is very weird to see this many murders. As you know, a lot of these uh, serial killers, they'll do a murder and then they'll take a break for a while and then do another murder. And it almost like helps them dull their bloodlust. Like we were talking about with, um, um, oh shoot, I just forgot his name. Uh, what was his name? We were talking about him in the beginning of the episode. Oh, Arthur Gary Bishop. Yeah. Arthur Gary Bishop, his, uh, his like kind of buffer was murdering pets and animals to try and hopefully like not have to kill so often. And these guys, they just did it like every other day, every other week. It was like just a killing spree, a a frenzy. It was ridiculous. Um, that it all happened within a span of five months. Luckily, obviously they were able to, uh, find these guys and incarcerate them. Um, but I just wanted to emphasize how crazy it is that, these these horrific people just almost had like no care for anybody else and they wanted to indulge their their disgusting behavior right and so finally we have our final victim cindy lee hudspeth she was 20 years old cindy was a diligent employee and student and was found february 17 17th 1978 in her car that had been pushed off a cliff Um, sorry guys. So yeah, again, um, she was a, a, uh, well, she was the last one that they murdered before they were eventually caught. Um, they also raped her and, and sodomized her, um, before they strangled her. And you're right. They actually did push her, uh, her vehicle off of a cliff and they found her, later down that line but prior to this they actually found quite a bit of of um, punctures and cuts throughout her entire body um from uh from whatever they did to her and however they ended up um uh, torturing her right and you know just going on that one thing that infuriates me and i wanted to talk about this whole time Looking at every single way these girls were left behind was like they were a pile of trash. Mm. These girls they didn't were, care about them. They didn't care at all. They wanted to do what they w- wanted to do with them. And then when they were done, they were d- garbage. You had somebody left next to Dodgers Stadium. You had somebody left next to the freeway. That's where you leave your couch. Mm-hmm. Like, or at least that's where you do it here. <laughs> um, that's where you leave your couch. That's where. You know, in a parking lot, that's where you're going to find cups from 7-Eleven. Like, they treated these women like trash. And it's it's infuriating because these women, as we talked about, were aspiring dancers, were aspiring actresses, were students, were hardworking women. And these guys, these two pieces of shit, these whores, um, these absolute dog shit people which i don't know how else to explain it but i fucking hate these guys and i'm glad that at least they should both be dead like i wish they both killed themselves or were aborted in the womb but um wow like that's how much i freaking hate these guys and you know i might go and say like i i hate them more than i hate dick cheney but um like the it's you can't treat these women like trash that's the issue you can't treat them like trash you can't steal their innocence you can't steal their lives and then treat them with such disrespect 
the audacity that you would have to do to pull a stunt like that. Literally, bear with me here, the audacity, the pride that you would have to where you think you're better than this person and you think you can take their life because you think you have the fucking right to do so because you like it. Because you like it, you think you can do it. Because you like it, you think that it's okay. You think you can get what you want. You're a narcissist. You're insane. You're crazy. You just don't know what's actually going on. And the fact that you're going to go out there and commit such atrocious acts without any regard for another individual is absolutely, like, sickening. It's It's disgusting. It shows how terrible and, like, unthoughtful these people were. I think they absolutely deserve everything that happened to them and more. You know, I hope there's a special place in hell, and I hope we meet up and I can have them bite the curb. (laughs) Y'all know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I think uh, it's very important um, to say. (laughs) Um, So last thing that we're going to hit on here um, is Ken's little reign, and this was in Washington. As stated before, Ken was convicted of killing two more women later down the line. Um, So that was Karen Mandique was the was the man man yeah I apologize again if I if I messed up that name I'm sorry um but he also murdered her and he raped her um and then uh the other woman that they that he murdered and again these are actually these two women were um just him he did not have, or Angelo was not involved in these two murders um, because he later, they kind of just like separated, I believe. Is that correct, Parker? Do you remember? Um, yeah, I think I think they got in a fight because like they kind of didn't get along super great because Angelo actually had some ambition and had like his business mm-hmm. and Kenneth was like a freeloader. So I think that Angelo was like, all right, like gtfo and and ken was kind of like screw you i don't need you to kill people anyways and then i think he's the one that kind of blew the whole thing up right i think oh 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 i remember now so um ken actually started to he like got really heavily invested in the hillside stranglers like the name and uh it was almost like he almost got like a like a like a weird obsession with himself or, or the idea of himself, if that makes sense. Um, he started to talk to a lot of the police officers regarding the case and he asked for to do like ride along stuff like that. Um, but, uh, Ken throughout this whole time was actually stealing things off of the victims, um, which is very, very common with a lot of serial killers where they have to keep almost like a totem, uh, or like a prize of their murder. And that obviously made Angelo very angry. And so that's actually when that, um, their like murder rampage essentially started dwindling out. Um, Angelo, uh, left. He, he went back to, like Parker said, his, his, uh, um, regular life of not being a murderer and then Ken went to Washington as a security guard, and that's when he um, met Karen and Diana, and and he murdered both of these women. Um, unfortunately for Ken, and fortunately for everybody else, Ken actually was the one that uh, um, pretty much like got himself caught and got them caught actually. 
uh, he got a little too close to the case and he started asking uh, too many questions regarding uh, Diana and Karen. And uh, they uh, started looking into him and obviously eventually found out that it was Ken. They had quite a bit of evidence uh, pointing toward Ken and eventually, like we stated before, I think we, we spoke about this in the beginning, but he does, they, he did end up, um, um, uh, shoot, he did end up uh, testifying against Angelo in the end to try and uh, get less jail time. Just so stupid. One, one thing I think that was good on the police's part, and kind of I think is what caught Ken in the end was they would give out certain details on each thing in the newspaper, but they kept certain details um, away so that if anyone mentioned the details that were not they mentioned anywhere, yeah. then they could catch. Then they'd be like, "Well, how did you know that? Because that was never released." Like the um, they never released the part about that um i can't remember which lady it was that had the needle marks from the windex oh um <clears throat> weckler was that her? Yes. yeah yes, christina right weckler christina weckler. so mm -hmm. they put the 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 police in their press report or whatever to the media to the newspapers whatever they um they mentioned like yeah it's like a lot of these other ones you know They've been five points of binding, strangulation, yada, 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 but they didn't mention anything about the needle marks because then if someone else mentioned something about the needle marks, then they would know that they were involved somehow. Right. They so. would immediately understand like, oh, this is not actually – they they have more details than everybody else does, then, so something must be up. Yeah, right. which I thought was pretty smart. Um, props to them. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, but yeah, so Ken, obviously he ends up testifying against Angelo and it was said to be very, uh, very like exaggerated and very like, oh man, it was all Angelo's fault. He was all, he was the guy that did all this stuff. Um, he was the one that made me do this crap and stuff, but then Angela actually tried to, uh, or no, sorry. Uh, and, er, my apologies. Ken started to say that he had like mental issues and that he just didn't fully ever develop. He couldn't remember, you know, blah, blah, blah. He thought they were all dreams. Um, he, yeah, eventually, uh, obviously they both get convicted and they go to jail. Um, and that's where Angelo died. Actually. Um, I think it was just due to natural causes is what I'll, all I see. Is that correct? I might be wrong on that. And he had a heart attack, yeah. Yeah, so he was in Folsom Prison. He had a he had a uh, um, heart attack, yep. And he died from natural causes. Uh, Ken is actually still alive to this point. What do you think the punishment even is? Like, that's good enough. Like, I was thinking about this when I was like reading about it. I'm like, if it was my daughter or whatever, like, just shooting these guys, like that would be somewhat satisfying for me. Um, you know, but I just am like, I think I'd want to kill them the exact same way that they killed all their victims. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I think I may have mentioned this before, but it's kind of stupid, but I always think of like Ghost Rider. Uh, his like little saying is like, um, like I'm going to put the hurt that you've caused everybody else, uh, in one place. And 
I don't know. I just wish there was some way we could do that, you know. Um, but also, not saying that I'm a murderer, but I'm sure I've probably made a lot of people upset or, you know, so I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair but enough. for these guys, screw them. I would love that. I would love if it happened to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I don't I don't know. Like, I, I'm kind of um, harsh, I guess. Like, Dorothy says that I'm... She's like, oh, if I got kidnapped, I don't think I'd be that worried. Like, if I could just stay alive you'd find me you're like Liam Neeson is what she said. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But Dang, I'm like, dude, that's yeah, sick. It's pretty, like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know that I have the skills like he has in taken. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm like, I wouldn't stop until like I could see what happened. And, and like, I was talking to somebody the other day and uh, we were talking about like the molestation that happened, like in the boy Scouts and stuff. And I was like, someone did that to my kid i'd kill him and i'm not even like i'm not even just saying that like i you wouldn't even find a body like i just don't care you don't deserve to be alive if you're gonna do that i agree 100 (laughs) percent um and then the i guess fuck him up (laughs) the one one last thing that i do want to hit on um is well she goes by karen quote-unquote karen but her real name is veronica veronica Compton. Do you guys know Veronica about Veronica? Cunton. What the hell? Um, <laughs> Is she Ghislaine's sister? She's Ghislaine's sister. How'd you know, dude? <laughs> Ghislaine in the Cunton. So, um, <laughs> Veronica was uh, pretty much obsessed with ser- serial killers. Um, she, she wrote a screenplay. It was titled The Mutilated Cutter. Uh, it was about a female serial killer, and uh, she she got a particular particularly obsessed with Ken, um, and she sent this screenplay over to Ken to have her read it, or to have him read it and uh, get like his thoughts on it to see if it was like legit. Which is, can you imagine how effed up that is? Like, I'm um, I'm gonna try and uh, <laughs> like I'm gonna write this book. And send it to the serial killer and see if it's like actually follows the train or like actually sounds like it would be real life. You know, like that's so messed up in my opinion. Um, but anyway, so these two eventually started to talk and then they started to like discuss their like fantasies of killing people and and doing all this crazy shit, which is just disgusting. Um, but eventually Ken thought up of this whole plan thinking like, maybe I can figure out a way to use this to my advantage. This like woman loved me so much. And we were actually talking before the episode is that it's so weird that somebody, there's so many good people out there that struggle to find like love and happiness, but somebody like this piece of shit can find somebody and, and to, to, and you guys will hear in a second what she did for him. It is insane. It is absolutely crazy that she is willing to do these these things for somebody that she's never met in real life. That's a freaking murderer. She Um, was a crazy bitch. Yeah. She's crazy. Um, a crazy bitch. Yeah. So (laughs) she, uh, so say it. (laughs) So Ken, uh, comes up with this idea that, well, I'm going to have her come or I'm going to send her a book or have her come visit and grab a book for me, but I'm going to hide my semen in a plastic gut, uh, plastic glove, and put it in the um, spine of this book. Eventually, 
his idea was that Veronica would try and lure somebody in or lure somebody to her apartment, murder them, and then she would plant evidence as if the hillside strangler was uh, still on the loose. So then they could he could go to the to the uh, authorities and be like, "Well, it's not me. Obviously, they're still out there killing people." Um, so, plan actually worked. Go ahead. Couldn't the police have just like like checked his semen against the hillside strangler semen that was found on the bodies, and that would be like pretty much like case solved once they had him as a suspect um yeah i think i think that's a good question i'm not 100 percent sure how well our uh um like mm, tools were to check dna cross-check dna like that oh yeah i guess that's huge yeah you're right i didn't think about that because i'm just used to like today's day and age yeah because this was still this was keep in mind this was still probably 40 years ago now yeah, seventy six. Yeah, like so, seventy seven, yeah. seventy eight, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, so it was quite a while, almost fifty years actually. Well, no, it'd be closer yeah. to forty. Um, but yeah, so it actually works though. Uh, so Karen is the alias that she went by, but um, Victoria goes over to the the uh, police or the the prison, gets this book. She smuggles out the the Ken semen, and uh, eventually she tries to lure in lure lure in um a woman into her apartment so she starts getting drinks she gets freaking high as shit does a bunch of cocaine and starts dancing with this woman's family um kim breed and uh she finally gets her to go back to her hotel um so they go back to her hotel and victoria or sorry victoria um Veronica uh, tries to kill Kim, but she fails. <laughs> so Kim eventually is able to escape from um, uh, Veronica, and then the cops are called, and then she uh, admits what happened. They put her in prison. She actually was released in 2003 um, after she had completed her sentence of trying to kill Kim. But obviously, this uh, this never worked out for Ken, and uh, they lost connection pretty much, and she forgot all about uh, Ken and started falling in love for Bundy. <laughs> so yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. All of this, like, how all of this comes together, and how these two people were. It's it's disgusting, and it's. It's interesting, and I think it's important to talk about, but it is really hard. And it's hard Did to really... Did she actually um, start falling in love with Bundy, or is that a joke? No, that's... Um, let me just double-check that. I... Here, one second. I mean, I don't doubt you. I just... Um, I don't doubt you at all. Oh. I just, like, couldn't tell if you were joking or not. And so I was like, are you kidding me? This chick is low nuts. <laughs> like, on top of the murder, but, like... <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Sorry. Let me... Let me... Good thing you said that, because I actually... Um, my apologies. So, she did fall in love with a different ser- serial killer um, who was... His name was Doug Clark, but his wife's <laughs> name was 
Carol Bundy. My apologies. I When I was reading through this, I kind of skimmed past that part. Um, I saw Bundy and I was like, oh, that's interesting. She fell in love with Bundy. <laughs> but um, Oh, I think, uh, I think I've heard about those guys too. They're nuts too. <laughs> yes, they are crazy. Those guys killed um, seven women and fully decapitated, decapitated. Yeah. 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 His wife would like do their makeup, like on their head, like on their kitchen table and junk like that. Like yeah. after they'd killed him and they, she just had like a decapitated head, just chilling on the table and just like do their makeup. And then he would like have sex with the heads. Yeah. It's so. disgusting. They, uh, they kept in touch throughout their prison sentences and they would send each other Valentine's letters of pictures of the, uh, the woman that they had murdered, which is really messed up. Oh um, my gosh. It's just so crazy. I'm like, like <laughs> it's almost like they're in their own little world. It's like, it's kind of like, um, like in my industry, like concrete, like, you know, all the concrete companies, it's <laughs> like to them, it's like, Oh yeah, those serial killers over there. Like, yeah, we're good friends with them, you know, and like stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's just like it, they have their own like messed up, like jacked up industry in a way. Yeah, it's messed up, dude. Can you imagine yeah. like sending letters of people's heads as a Valentine's like letter? That is so, so ridiculous. So gross. I'm good. I'm out. Yeah. Um, I'm out too. But I think as far as I know, that's kind of a, that's, that's the, cliff notes of these uh, hillside stranglers obviously there's a lot more detail that we did not want to get into um, because this is very heavy stuff obviously um, and if you do want to read up more on it there is a lot of information on these guys um, a lot of people have been able to have interviews with them and and uh, write write store or books about their uh, murders obviously that's how we got a lot of our information and we fully we we pay respects to the respects respect to these women uh, that were abused, raped, murdered. Um, I hope nobody feels like we did them a disservice, but uh, it is important to talk about this stuff. I think, and and it's very interesting to see, um, at least in my opinion, a lot of the. I did I did some reports back in the day when I was taking my gen eds for English and, and like university and stuff. Um, and a lot of them, I was just interested by serial killers and how they kind of come to fruition. And it's interesting to see a lot of these things come into play and a lot of these, uh, uh, killers and their actions and how they're, they were brought up. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me guys. That's all I got. Sorry, I was muted. That, that's, uh, I'm good too. So, okay, cool. Well, in that case, um, as always, please uh, hit us up. Our email is shadow.valleypod at thedogenetwork.com. And uh, please give us a follow on Instagram, shadowvalleypod. Uh, we try to keep it as updated as possible. Sometimes I forget to post, but I'll do my best to keep remembering. Uh, please, guys, uh, email us. Let us know what you like, don't like, um, or any topics that you'd like us to go over. Um, we always are looking to do some more fun stuff. We've got a pretty good roster set up for this uh for these upcoming uh, weeks for you guys. Um, we sat What's down next week for the teaser for the teaser. Let me, uh, nah, nobody gets to know. <laughs> nobody keep knows. It a secret. It's going to be a secret. No, I think, I, um, we sat down and kind of just discussed a few next few weeks because we, uh, we're excited, you know, we, we really value or we really want to like do good on this. 
if that makes sense. <laughs> but um, provide value. Yeah, yeah. So the next couple of weeks, we really want to do a Thanksgiving episode. So next week, we're going to go for myths, and then we're going to kind of go over Mayflower. Um, so looking forward to that. And we've got some Illuminati and uh, Rothschild coming soon. Um, so yeah, let's look forward to that. And, and Christmas uh, Christmas time is going to be busy for all of us as well. So if we don't get episodes out immediately like on the days that we usually do, just know they will be coming, but look forward to a Krampus episode from us. That'll be sick. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for listening, and we hope to hear from you soon. Um, we'll catch you next week. All righty. This has been Brennan. You've got Gabe. And I'm Parker. All right. You guys have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.